Welcome to Cloudlandia. Welcome to Cloudlandia. Yes, indeed. And How it, are you? Uh, yeah, it expands. Um, Cloudlandia expands. <laughs> no matter where you go, here it is. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, it's one of those things that every time we talk, there's a period of time when more people, for their own reasons, take advantage of Cloudlandia. And then they connect with each other. So new connections mm. are made, new new possibilities are created, new capabilities emerge. So it goes. It's like are you back safely on the We got back on Wednesday, our okay. late Wednesday and beautiful weather. We were there for two weeks in yeah. Arizona and it was a repeat every day. It was uh, oh, high yeah. of eighty. And yeah. during the night, it went down to 46, 46, okay. 47. Really, just terrific. Yeah. I love it. And you yeah, went we to were in, Canyon Ranch? Yeah, we were at Canyon Ranch for eight eight nights and, you know, and did our <clears throat> usual enjoyable things. They changed ownership about four years ago, and they were purchased by a... Uh, company out of Texas, I believe. And first couple of years, I found uh, Ragged, you know, with mm. the transition. But I was very happy where things have gotten. And yeah, and so, so you know, terrific. And they, they marvel every year at what a younger and younger specimen you're becoming. Well, I did. I did one thing. <clears throat> And that uh, was noteworthy, and that is that I've increased my body and the bone density by five percent over the last two years. Not that easy to do, and when you're what do you attribute that to? Oh, weightlifting, you know the, okay. the, the squatting. You know, I've, yeah. I've really zeroed on uh, squats, and and here's my logic. Uh, just to explain my logic, because there's a lot of talk now and we're on the threshold to actually being able to reverse age aging mm-hmm. you know and that is taking your fitness and health measurements backwards right where you you met today you measure at this and they establish a baseline but uh, yeah. then you do certain things you exercise and you look at yourself and look after yourself in other ways and a year from now they measure and the the one for this year they peg at uh, you're this age, and then the one next year they peg that you're an age earlier. You know, yes, from a right. fitness. And it's based on a big, you know, this is big based on a big database of right billions of people that they've measured. Compared to so the one in your cohort, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So one of the things I thought about, I said, is there a way of picking one area of your body that you know, you can work on it every day, and it's pretty—it's a pretty known thing that if you work on this every day, your measurements will return back to what they were at a younger age. And the one I hit on was bone density because bone okay. density, uh, there's a direct—you know—if <clears throat> you lift heavy things, your bones strengthen. You know, it's okay. not—it's not like there's. You know, it's it's not a Harry Potter trick here. You know, it's, right? It's a pretty straightforward trip. It's just that it's hard work, and 
you know, maybe that's the trick. A lot of people have aren't really into that trick of hard work. And so I did it. And so I'm now, it's not just that I'm back to where I might have been in my 30s or 20s. I'm back to the best you can possibly be. So I'm about 1.41. One being you have really great bone density, and I'm at about 1.41, you know. And like I'm bonier than... Big bone, big bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you know, there's no point in my life where I was as great as I am right now. So I'm at top. So I just use that as sort of an area of my body that I could do. And what that does, it just tells you that I'm not at risk of uh, you know uh, fractures and not at risk of. Well, that's what happens. Is it seems like that's the the downhill spiral is you hear it so many times people they fell they broke their hip they went in the hospital they got pneumonia and they died that's the knees, knees and hips yeah. yeah knees and hips are the yeah. and i guess ankle i think ankles too yeah but <clears throat> the real truth of it is that while they their bones were getting more fragile you know, in other yeah. words, uh, they, they yeah they were losing muscle at the same time, yeah. and it's actually the loss of muscle that um, put them in a dangerous situation because our muscles yeah. are really supposed to support our weight. It's not right. not our bone. Our bones are there for flexibility, actually. Right, they're the there for, undergirding. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're there to <laughs> you know to the skeleton. I mean, people. I, I sometimes just do a little quiz because I have inside knowledge here. I said, uh, how much do you think your skeleton weighs? You know, all your bones plus your skull. How much do you think that weighs? And people said, I don't know, 25, 30 pounds. And I said, no. And they said, more? And I said, well, what do you think? No is the right answer for my question. Oh, really? It's not 25 or 30, 25 or 30 pounds. And I I said, no, nah, average person is about seven pounds. Your total bone structure weighs about is that seven right? pounds. Yeah. Wow. It's mostly air. It's mostly air. You know, yeah. Like, uh, and that kind of tells you. you have, is that you know, dry? You weigh, so after you take out you, the marrow yeah, you and weigh, whatever yeah, else. Yeah. You know, you're, if you're a full weight human being, you know, you're up, yeah. up, up in uh, males in the hundreds, 200, you know, all that. I mean... So you got seven pounds of bone in there, you know, the muscles that really have to do the job. And, and, you know, it all works together. But anyway, I was really, and they were very surprised by that because they don't remember someone my age, you know, with that. And then the doctor, he did it. Uh, it's a body count. It's, It's sort of like a camera. You lay down on this platform. And then a, a scanner comes over you, you know, from toe to up to head and does it backwards. And then it calculates the, your body mass in terms of fat yeah. muscle and uh, and um, bone, you know. And, Is that the uh, so DEXA scan? DEXA body one? count, yeah. DEXA right, body right. count, yeah. It's, and it's the best of the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways of doing this, but the DEXA body count. And I have, you know, scans going back 20 years. So at least once a year for 20 years. And this is tops. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm at the top. <laughs>
And that's the one with, there. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the one with the color coded. This is where the fat is in the where yeah. it's hiding. Yeah. Yeah. I did one yeah. of those. So anyway, my, uh, doctor. Um, so there it is. Look. Yes. So anyway, it's hiding right in there. Terms of, just in terms of what could have happened over a two-year period of COVID, I had this as one result where things got better. I mean, lots of things have gotten better, but that was mm-hmm. certainly one. And now I'm just going to hold, and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to double down now. I can just maintain because now I'm going to go for more flexibility. Oh, that's great. That's the mm-hmm. that's really mm-hmm. the limberness, right? That's what really. Do you do any yeah. yoga or you know limber things like that, like stretching or? Well, there's a set of stretches I'm going to start doing now using bands, you know, like okay, heavy bands. So that's yeah. uh, that's on the schedule. The other thing is the Vasper machine, which I had you know purchased five, six years yeah. ago. What I noticed when I came back, because I was starting my knee, which is an injured knee from 45 years ago, oh. I tore my meniscus. And in those yeah. days, they took it out. You know, they took the meniscus out, the torn meniscus. Uh-huh. They wouldn't do that today. No, uh, but I've been... them saw it up, right? Well, you know, we're... I guess, you know, we're we're in almost at the point now where two or three years from now they'll be able to take they'll, they'll be able to take DNA from my cartilage. Right. And they'll be able to give me a new one. Yeah. Stem cells or whatever, the starter pack. Yeah. Well mm-hmm. it'll be a brand new you know, perfect yeah. cartilage and that, and they'll put mm-hmm. it back in and then I won't have that. And I've not taken the route of getting a replacement knee, no. uh, which they do. And I'm trying to keep foreign objects out, out, out of my body. <laughs> if at all possible. Yes, I get it. Yeah, yeah it, seems, it seems that would be uh, an invasion of the machines. That would be like a machine inside me. I'm, I'm, I'm well, trying to keep... Ahead uh, of the, you're already ahead of the game on that. I mean... It's an interesting thing. You must have seen how long he's been going to Canyon Ranch now. Uh, thirty-two years. Yeah. So, what's the difference in thirty-two years of what you've seen at Canyon Ranch? What was the like things that they were focused on thirty-two years ago that are different than what they're focused on today? Yeah, well, you know, well, first of all, they're, they they were using a comparison, I would say, 32 years ago, not only at Canyon Ranch, but right across the, the medical and health world, that you want to be equal to the average for your age. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. that's kind of, that doesn't strike me as, as a useful goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so I would say that's that's very different. And Canyon Ranch in its day, so I, I would say nineteen nineteen eighties, early mid nineteen nineties, was the world's model for a luxury health spa. You know, where they combined you know a medical facility with real doctors, with real science and luxury accommodations, luxury luxury Mm -hmm. hospitality, okay? And they spun off a lot of 
copiers and at a certain point the copiers could surpass them you know and the other thing is that i noticed was that the owners the prime owner mel zuckerman was a real estate developer whose father had I think his father died, and it was jolting because he realized that he was on the same path towards early mortality that his father was, and he, right. you know, he reversed himself. He started really working out at local gyms and getting, good, you know, getting good coaching and good uh, input from doctors, and he decided that there was a. <laughs> pardon me. Possibility to take over a failing dude ranch in, in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. he did. And it was called the W Ranch. And, you know, it was one of those, you know, they're everywhere in the West, dude ranches. And, and, and then decided to bring in, you know, all these specialties from outside and consolidate them in one place. And that grew and grew and grew, and it became a major <clears throat> enterprise. But the problem wow. was they picked up they picked up a certain client base in the eighties that were more or less the same age as they were, and they just moved forward with this client base and they never got younger. You know, so every year you'd go there, their average client base was getting older and they weren't replacing at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that happens a lot. You know, you get used to customers or clients who are within a certain age group and then you simply <laughs> you go forward with yeah. them. And there were other luxury spouse now who were appealing to teenagers didn't 20 and 30 year olds. Mm-hmm. And and it got older. It got older. I mean, it was older in terms there was nothing new and it was older in terms of who was there. And, um, you know, um, the industry went by them, past them. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting brand because it's got a legacy brand kind mm-hmm. of thing. You, you know about mm-hmm. Canyon mm-hmm. Ranch, what it stands for, but you, it's not really, I don't think of it as like a progressive uh, thing no. as much. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, we have, you know, we have. Specialist, uh, physiologist, doctor, sleep doctor. Yeah. That's where I really got my best coaching for sleep. And yeah, uh, who was there? So those two individuals were still there. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, life is based on relationships. So you go, yeah. so you have the relationships. So that's uh, yeah. And uh, I've recommended clients going there, and they have a great time. I mean, it's it's a very peaceful place. I mean, when you mm-hmm. walk on the grounds. You arrive and you walk on the grounds. There's a buildup of a particular, very tranquil, very peaceful kind of um, um, atmosphere Mm -hmm. that they have. And I think that, and it's for a lot of people who are type A's, who are sort of out of control, that just walking around and, you know, doing massages and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's classes and that you notice an effect after about three or four days. We were there eight days and about halfway through. Um, I could, you know, I could just, I was chilling out. I could feel myself chilling out. And, you know, I'm not at the 
cut of the line uh, as a buried, um, you know, rushed kind of person. Like, you know, right. <laughs> yes. You either, you either, you either, man. You I either, know exactly. Man. I get. I do you what you're. You, you, you are not the poster child for a anxious, overwrought person. Yeah. So, no, that's anyway, true. But, but even the kind of the hassle of flying and traveling and being in hotels, I noticed has an impact. This time, we we stayed. Uh, at the Royal Palms and uh, you know, yeah, which it's a beautiful nice, place. Nice place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice place and everything like that. But the you know, just being in active restaurant life and you know yeah. conference life with other people, I noticed. I said, "Wow, this is jolting. This this is jolting me here." <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, that's the funny. My favorite, my new place in. Scottsdale is the Andaz, which I love. That's my new place there. I don't know um, that. One. I don't know that one. It's very nice. They've got like casitas kind of spread out uh, through around, and it's very. What's yeah. the name of it? Andaz, A N D A Z. A A N D A Z. No. Yeah. Uh, but it's near old Scottsdale, is it? It's, it's sort of near in that area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's yeah. Well, I, I get there even when going to Genius Network or whatever, just because I love to go to the Henry too, and so it's yeah. like close <laughs> to uh, close to there, and I just love that yeah, we environment. I don't, we I don't want to, if at all possible. I don't want to stay at yeah, the Embassy were... Suites, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were <laughs> twice at that. Twice at the Henry, and I, I remember yeah. that you liked the Henry. Yeah, but it was a good event. I really enjoyed the event. Yeah, uh, yeah we had a had a great time there, and uh, yeah, and just just a little report on progress. On the nineteenth of November, one month after we launched the new book, we were across a hundred thousand sales. That's so great, Dan. Yeah, that's awesome. And who knows how is still. Uh, it's a it's a self selling book. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, every week comes in, you know, does uh, it does good work and reports in. It shows up on time. That's what it says. It's going to yeah, be finished. Yeah. what it starts. And so no, that's really good. And the the other thing about the gap in the game <clears throat> is that eighty seven percent of the reviews. So we I checked the day before yesterday. It was one hundred and forty one reviews which is good for the first month. And we were at 87% of them were five-star, five-star, oh, which great. is really good. So it was about 4.8. And Poonat um, House, about 4.62, which is right. very good. You know, it's a very good uh, And I think a lot of that, Dan, is just there. They can't figure out or that can apply to them. That's probably yeah. a big thing with that. Anger. Yeah, I think the gap it's, in the game yeah. is. I yeah. think the gap in the game is. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, uh, our contention, you know, is, yeah. is that every human who has ever existed is confronted with this choice of yeah. how you measure your progress. You know, so yeah. it's more of a, it's more of a, you know, general human thing. Who, not how? I think you have to be a 
fairly high level of uh, achievement before yeah. you grasp the possibility. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, I was funny mind. because we're just Ben Hardy and I, you know my collaborator on this. We we're just in the getting the first draft all structured for next year, which is ten times as easier than two times. Right. And 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 <clears throat> so I said, you know, one thing we have to do if we're true to our principles here is that we have to validate all you know the years that people have put in working harder and longer in order to double their results you know and so the one thing you don't want to say is you know you've been approaching it the wrong way i don't think it's ever a useful i don't think it's ever a useful approach when you're yeah. trying to introduce something new to tell people right. that the way they've been doing it is all wrong right yeah it's much better when they understand it <laughs> When they come to that conclusion, that's the best. Well, not only that, but yeah. you tell them, look, there's a point of being an entrepreneur where you just have to really work hard and long. Mm-hmm. There's no substitute for this. And mm-hmm. the, reason, uh, the reason is that you've got to learn the territory, you know, the, your, you know, your feet on the ground entrepreneurial activity. You, Dean Jackson, was real estate. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you really have to put in the hours. You really have to put in the time. You have to, you know, you, you have to put in the mileage yeah. uh, to, you know, to just get a sense of what this is all about. And yeah. I, I don't think there's any substitute for that. There's no, there's no bypass that turns ignorance into knowledge. Let me think about that. There's no bypass that turns ignorance into knowledge. That's interesting. Well, you don't know anything, so there's yeah. no bypass available to you. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's you need data. You need something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Data comes in two forms: good and bad. <laughs> right. And, that's and, right. Yeah. Uh, and you have to have pressure. You have to develop a very keen understanding of the difference between pain and pleasure. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, that and, worked, uh, or that so, didn't work, yeah. right? <clears throat> yeah, and so I'm more and more, you know, I mean, both you and I can <clears throat> look back at the vantage point of things we did in our first formative state careers and say, God, you know, that that was really stupid. That we didn't, uh-huh. that didn't make any sense. And I said, Yeah, but you know, you you can only say that from the vantage point of having been through it. Yes. Yes. I'm understanding. And it is lessons that you understand when you get the lesson and understand it. That's the depth right there. That's the, that's a really good uh, distinction. I talked to and that. Ben. That really shows the difference between who, not how, because I think yeah. who, not how is a uh, breakthrough that you <laughs> would have had from years of doing really painful hows. Mm-hmm. And every true. once in a while, every once in a while, having the experience of teaming up with them, you just suddenly open doors for you. And yeah. so on the one hand, you've been told, you know, do the house, do the house, do the house, do the house. And then periodically, a would come along and doors would open and you were on the uh, express elevator for yeah. five floors. And after a while, 
you start putting those two experiences of the really hard work on your own, this possibility of meeting someone, someone has a skill that uh, suddenly pushes you forward and said, maybe I'm supposed to make a choice here. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's something. And I'll tell you, that's a, that is wise. I, I talked with uh, Ben uh, a couple of days ago, actually. Yeah, he's hard at work on wrapping up his new book, too. Yep. In between things, his, his own uh, book, uh, which is yep. your future, uh, be your future self now. So that's an interesting concept that he's put a lot into. Mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to see that one too. Well, it's an ability. I, I think yeah. it's really an ability. You know, I think the greatest inequality uh, among human beings is really imagination. The greatest inequality is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. In other words, between the most unimaginative person and yeah. the most imaginative person, I think yeah. lies the greatest, greatest inequality that uh, yeah. separates human beings. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that really imaginative I mean, that's individual. Whole... Yeah. Uh, imaginative individuals, you got to come <laughs> with other skills to go along with yeah. that. But, yeah. Let's say a fully skilled, very imaginative person can picture themselves in the future in a way that seems totally real. Mm -hmm. And they can use the reality of that future picture to actually make decisions today. Yes. Yeah, imagine is one of those words I was saying to, to Ben. You know, I've been talking about that um, parsing out all the words of imagine if you applied yourself and as a recipe, you know, because imagination is the beginning of it. But the reason that we don't apply ourselves is because we don't have a vision. We haven't imagined a vision of a future self that we are willing to apply, meaning, you know, request, make a form of mm -hmm. request of ourself. And that's, mm -hmm. it's a really, it's an interesting thing to break down the formula of that. We had a great, yeah. uh, we had a great conversation about it. I love to bounce <clears throat> things off of Ben, but that's a, it's been right there in the whole statement. It's not been a, if you look at it and take it on as not an, an accusation, but a blueprint, it's right there in the statement. Imagine and if you apply <laughs> and it's really, it's an interesting because if is a great, a great conditional precedent for the, you can't do it unless you imagine. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing that your teacher know because I think there was more than one who, yeah, who uh, bought into the Dean Jackson formula. You know that you were imagining yourself, and it it didn't show up as doing what how uh, it didn't show up in any form that they would go buying yourself. 
Right. Imagine they were thinking, imagine if you were mixing my vision of being quiet. Yeah. And Ma- imagine if you were applying disturbing. yourself to my, to my goal. <laughs> That's right. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of that goes on in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, that yeah, There's a big. Yeah, how there. did you like the uh, Iceland worse? The which? I sent you a video of Iceland worse. Oh, I didn't watch that yet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, go go and get it. It's a it's a troll that the country of Iceland did on Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. Oh, I love it. Okay, I can't wait. This will be And great. the guy, you know, the guy who presents it is, you know, very lean and he's got a long sleeve t shirt on and his yeah. hair is made up. And but he speaks in English with a nice Icelandic accent and he says Yeah. I I want you to imagine a completely new universe. And and funny about it's already here you know and he points to this ice covered world you know and everything yeah. like that so it's just a complete trolling takeoff on their script yeah I love and it. uh he says and he he walks out and you know he's got his shorts on like uh mark sick big guys and he reaches down uh, there's a pool there sort of steaming a little bit and he pulls out the water and he says and we have water and it's you can feel it. It's wet. It's wet. <laughs> oh, Dan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. And it was put together, you know, by the, you know, the, the Icelandic tourist, tourist gear and everything. But they just took the exact script and just changed word, you know, little words and yeah. just told, said that. And they said, the other thing is, it's been here forever. And it will be here forever. And you can come today or tomorrow or whenever. Uh, it'll be here. <laughs> and, right. he said, and you don't have to put on goggles <laughs> to mm. to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. So funny. Have you now, the question I- is... The question is whether the, the, the ruling class at the Facebook laughed at that because mm. if they laughed at it, then I have hope for them. But if they were uh, pissed off at it, then I, I feel that there's no hope for them. Right. Because if you can't laugh at something, then um, uh, you've gotten yourself into a corner. What's your take on getting back into the world now? You've been, well, you've been planned, out Well, it's planned. We're having... Yeah. Uh, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the entire teams, Chicago and Toronto, we're doing it by teams. So our company has 12 different teams. Operationally, we're broken down into 12 different teams. Mm-hmm. So I think we're doing four per day. So for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Babs and I are in on the third day. So we're going in for the whole day and, you know, just walking through the routine, just noticing things and everything else. And uh, the thing is that we use the break to really improve things. And we upgraded to the new Mac uh, uh, laptop, uh, the laptop. Uh, Desktop. So people got the, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, uh, apparently, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't actually done it, but it's incredibly fast. And, wow. You know, it's just like, you know, yeah, and they have created a new chip. They've spent the last 12 years creating a new chip that allows the systems. And I'm not quite sure of the principle here, but what, what I understand the chips kind of operated that there was priorities in what got activated first. You know, in other words, a chip would uh, activate yeah. 10 systems, but there was a priority in, in which got activated of the 10. There was number one, and there was number 10, and there was the time difference separating the different, you know, this time difference yeah. might be four or five seconds. Now it's mm-hmm. instantaneous. Now it's instantaneous. Yeah. So where something took five seconds, now it's, and um, this is going to cause a real disruption in the laptop market. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So that'll be in Toronto, you're going to be at the, yeah, uh, on Toronto, and yeah. Chica- Toronto and Chicago, yeah, the two. Okay. Uh, the two. Yeah, we yeah. have about, you know, we have about 80 in Toronto and 25 and, in Chicago and then 15, well, we have about <clears throat> we have seven operate um, virtually in the UK. And right. then we have others who are virtual. Mm-hmm. So we're about 120. We're about 120 right now. Right on. Yeah, so what was your take, though, on being back out in the world? How did it did you feel like the friction of the mainland entering the atmosphere? And oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you're hoping you can make make your travel time at least a little bit pleasurable, right? And the air, the trips to and from are really they 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 really wear you down. Yeah, when I was doing the. Year 2008, right at the peak, the very end of when we were doing the big real estate events every month, I had the friction-free travel program down to a science. I mean, I had the duplicates of things that would travel with all the travel gear that would go event to event. So I didn't, I had a laptop that traveled with with the gear i had you know my and a case of things that i would have while i was there my i would have courtney pack my bag and ship it to the hotel ahead of time where i was uh valeting the car at the hotel at the hyatt hotel attached to the um, airport. So I would valet, walk straight up just with my laptop uh, bag, no no baggage, no carry-on, no uh, anything. And then straight, I had the clear path. So it was, you know, straight up the elevator, right to the, right to the TSA, pre-arranged ticket or whatever, right to the yep. lounge, onto the plane, off the plane with a prearranged limo that would meet me at the, me at coming off the plane and straight to the hotel where they would have my bag already 
preloaded in my room as I arrived. And it was just complete friction-free travel because it was no, no schlepping is what really is the, the drain in, in all of that uh, traveling. And I would, like you, I would go early because I'd rather have, I'd rather be there a half an hour too early. Well, uh, to sit the, in way, the, the way I yeah. found is that there's going to be a time in the calendar or time, you know, on your clock when it's three hours before your flight leaves. Right. Okay. So you're going to spend those three hours somehow and somewhere before the flight right. leaves. And I said, yeah, why don't we, why don't we spend the majority of those three hours actually at the airport? Right. Checking rather than spending them at home and then rushing right. to try to make sure that you're not late at the airport. I've never understood uh, the logic. Of, you know, Canada, the United States has, in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Right? But in Canada, the, the actual saying from the British North American Act of 1867, which essentially... Um, Launches Canada in 1867 is for the purpose of peace, order, and good government. Okay, so my experience coming back both times is uh, hassle, confusion, and bad government. <laughs> mm. Not not peace, order, and good government, but hassle, confusion, and bad government. You know, and I just give you an example. We we arrived, you know, more or less on time from Phoenix. Yeah. And and then we get to the gate, and they say, "Well, sorry, we're going to have to wait." Uh, another plane is pushing back, yeah. and then they start moving. Then they start moving. Okay, and instead of dropping us where it's maybe two minutes from the jetway until you. Oh, get to I know. The That's the thing about Toronto. Oh, oh yeah. It was. I I I said, how long? Uh, the, the longest walk you can make from the plane to the arrival right. is in Toronto. It was 23 minutes. It took us 23 minutes of walking to get uh, get there. And and then Health Canada has actually changed the application that says you can just get off. So we were delayed for 45 minutes to fill in new forms by hand. Uh, and and that only that didn't get us a new form. That just allowed us to actually leave the airport that night. Wow, that's crazy. And then so you're yeah. there over an hour just walking and filling out forms. Yeah, and then the third thing is that the city of Toronto decided to, to tear down the the connector from the Gardner Expressway to Lakeshore and the beaches. They just tore it down. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And How do you get there now? Well, you have to get off at Jarvis. You have to get oh, off at Jarvis and drive along the traffic lights. Yeah, and I, I feel taken advantage of. I feel I feel disadvantaged by large okay. systems with mm-hmm. uh, no detectable brain. Wow. And meanwhile, I don't miss I don't miss it at all. I mean, yeah. coming up, you know, this has been. I've been just blissfully, delightfully, you know, stationary here in my, you know, my Claudlandia perch. 
stationed in the mainland here. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. What do you make of the hmm, statistic? Don't know what's based on, but there that there's 10 million jobs going unfilled in the United States. What do you make of that? Uh, what do you think? I, of, I mean, there's probably 50 different things going on, but yeah, what what strikes you as maybe? One or two of the more important. Well, important I don't know. I'm not. Up. I'm not on top of. Are there still? Are there like everybody's kind of said that a large portion of that <laughs> is the enhanced unemployment payments. That that's that is it's almost just as good to stay home and get money than to go back to work. Well, that's pretty well ended. Uh, I mean, in Canada, okay. that's, uh, that's, right. that's in, uh, ended. I mean, yeah. but virtually every store, I mean, if we were to drive from our house yeah. by uh-huh. normal street, let's say we just took Green Street all the way yeah. to the center. Virtually every store, you know, job, we want people, you know, please supply to yeah. the job. So it's, it's everybody's. You know, whether it's uh, the big uh, chain chain stores or whether it's a small retail shop. Uh, right. Uh, and I here, here's just a suggestion of what's happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Before COVID, people were so rushed and harried just doing their jobs that they didn't have time to actually think how bad it was. Right. And now once they've had a taste of They've had to make other arrangements, so they realize. I think a lot of times people get shaken into uh, realization that it's an illusion, the security that they think that they have, and that I wonder if those, how many of those have taken on, have joined the results economy, even because I would still consider uh, the gig economy has certainly increased with all these opportunities for, you know, Grubhub driving and those kind of things where you are in control of a little bit more control of what you're doing. You can turn it on, tap into the money when you need it or want it. And I think that it's the, you know, I think when you kind of uncouple the employment from the act of money getting. I don't think people who, I don't think a large portion of those people who are, have left the employment situation have opted out of the money getting. They've just reached some alternative yeah, and I think one of the things that I think has probably happened is that the cash economy has gone up. In right. other words, that people are getting paid by with cash, so they don't—they're not showing up on the official books, right? Official ledgers. And my sense is that there's probably, you know, people will do something for eighty percent, but they get cash right away, uh, yeah. so it's not tax—it's not taxable. And right. the, you know, it's personal services, a lot of it. So uh, there's no cash advantage to the person paying because it's just expense. 
and would be anyway. And, you know, that's what I'm having. I'm, one of the things I've done is on the trip, I really noticed it, is that I increased my tips. Mm-hmm, me too. Oh, yeah. just everything just, in general, yeah. Yeah, I just Not, increased my tip level, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, <clears throat> the people who clean your room at the yeah. two hotels I was at, I made sure I tipped the individual, you know, because I didn't know whether they would be there every day. And, you know, and I, I just tipped the individual. And, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I prefer tipping the charity because the money tends to go through five other people before it gets to its purpose. And right. with uh, tipping, it goes directly to the person. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, agreed. And that's something, you know, I'm sitting out here in my courtyard and I've got this little growing collection of these little rocks that one of our Grubhub drivers, she paints these rocks like just, you know, like Easter egg kind of, uh, you know, painting kind of uh, nice ornamental uh, designs on them. And each time she delivers, she drops in a little baggie <laughs> with a rock and a thank you note, appreciating. I'm sure she does that for all of her, all the people who she delivers for. But it's mm-hmm. just a nice, it's a nice thought, and you think. It's, it's all, I always find it interesting to see the different people that show up at my house here with the different, that are making things that yeah. are for me, you know, and I <clears throat> appreciate it, the who's. Because when I look at it, yeah. I would, it's so much more valuable for me to be here talking with you than driving to go and pick up salad you know when i can have somebody have a who bring us the salad and we get to continue our conversation and then everybody's got an alternative because you know there's going to be uh, a zoom makeup call for people and uh there we are you know yes and the world goes on and then february it's funny a perfect uh loop because that'll be that was uh the last live um, yeah it was yeah that was the last live event was in in scottsdale yeah and we're doing that this uh, very close to you at uh, palm beach i appreciate and love that i'll be there yeah yeah and so the yeah this is is all good and you'll do of course your regular update on vision uh, capability the vcr files the vcr files yeah Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Lots yeah, going yeah. on in that right now. There's <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think we've broken into two economies though in the last two years, and one of them is invisible. It's an invisible economy. The free zone frontier. Yeah. Well, it's just you know that first of all, I think that people who are, in other words, they're skilled at productivity, they're skilled at creativity, and they're skilled at accountability. Yeah. Uh, have really taken advantage of the Zoom advantage, and they aren't people who would have talked that much anyway before before this because they were busy being 
productive, creative, and accountable. But now Zoom has just rewarded them for that. And I think it, you know, it's uh, certainly half a billion people probably have probably shifted without telling anybody that they shifted. I think you're right. And I think a lot of the turmoil in the mainland with the supply chains and that is just what the economy looks like without those people. Uh huh. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's. I think you're right. You know that. Yeah, is, that is, it's just that uh, all the connectors. They just took all the connectors out of the system. Oh <laughs> the my system goodness! Doesn't work. What do you think about that? Is a brilliant observation right there. Yeah. Yeah. See this? That's the See how truth. it works? Let's show you what it looks like without power. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it oh. doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And uh, they just they just disappeared, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Very it's, funny. It's like it's like the technological rapture. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's it's interesting uh, watching the Peter Zion stuff, you know, because I've sort of I sort of structured, you know, what he was predicting in his books, and I just have a you know five or six point checklist, and things are definitely very definitely moving in the direction that he uh, he predicted in his, especially the disunited nations, you know, it's very yeah, yeah, yeah it's very much. Yeah, uh, there. And if you don't have that framework, it looks like it's doom and desolation coming. But it's mm. very definitely a shift you know, that's going on. Yeah, and yeah, like they were talking about now. Even that, if you think about NATO, and you think about the things that you know, who, if you were reforming it now for the real reality of what the global landscape is, would. Is France really that relevant in this whole, you know, the whole, it's an interesting. Well, you know, France is kind of unto itself. I mean, they're nicely located because they have lots of water. Yeah. Uh, you know, countries that have lots of water are, um, are at the advantage. So they've got the Mediterranean south of France, and then they have the whole Atlantic English Channel, and then they have um, great river systems. They have, uh, you know, they have uh, quite a number of really good river systems. And I think that's, I mean, it's, I don't know how you would prove it, but there's there's a a distinction that this isn't just kind of like a normal disruption of business. It's that some fundamental, fundamentally important element of the economy has gone missing. And now we're, and I mean, you know, that, that's going to be, that's all right for this transition. We're definitely in a period of uncomfortable transition to where I've heard a great uh, podcast. I forget the gentleman's name, but he was on with uh, Tim Ferriss this week. And they were talking about, you know, in the past, cryptocurrencies are not cryptocurrencies, but fiat currencies were backed by countries with guns. You know, um, uh-huh. that's what maps them, and that the 
new, you know, this whole blockchain Bitcoin world is really about sovereignty of being uh-huh. independent of all of that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's and that's an awkward transition when there's a lucrative middleman infrastructure for things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the the big thing that the the use of the word currency with crypto may be a future reality, but it's not there right now because all of them right are, exactly all of them are speculative investments. There's only mm-hmm. yeah yeah in the in the world there's only one actual currency and it's the U.S. dollar. Even right. other currencies like the Canadian dollar is a speculative investment. And uh, my sense is that there can be only one currency if currency right. has any useful meaning. And that yeah. is, you've got to have one thing in the center that you can relate everything else to. Okay, relative so to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's shifted. I mean, the U.S. currency has been the main currency since 1944, 1944 yeah. is the change of it. And, and it's a lot of different factors. And the biggest factor is the reason why everybody uses the dollar is because everybody uses the dollar. That's true. <laughs> and yeah, and there's nobody and, coming up uh, behind. And until yeah. you get to a point where there there's you know, like you know, I mean there's countries China China every trade that they have with an outside power, much as they dislike it, has to be in US dollars. Nobody will trade with China unless the trade is in US dollars. And, right. Uh, you know, so that's the, the second largest economy in the world. And the uh, same would go for, you know, same would go for uh, the UK, the, you know, the European Union and everything else. Other, do- uh, other trades with, you know, in the world markets, on the world markets, uh, everything's in U.S. dollars. And that's because there has to be one where it's, it's the same. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah. like the English... English is the dominant language, and the reason is yeah. because having one language is more efficient than having five. You know? Yes, very true. Mm-hmm. Just ask Canada. Yeah. yeah, but my sense is that the thing that we're heading towards uh, is a complete change of game. It's a complete change of game, you know, and we're not there yet. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's what I mean by this transition. Yeah, yeah, and nobody knows what where it's headed yet. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, and and the other thing is I don't think it's possible to actually predict it. Like um, it's one of those things that's absolutely unpredictable. Um, yeah. Like it's predicting what the internet's going to be like uh, in 1970. Yeah, <laughs> who know even knew that it was possible? Right, exactly. Well, it was being talked about. You know, I mean, the I mean, there were a lot of people saying that you know when the internet comes, it's going to be like this, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but it's all guesses and bets. It's a guess. <clears throat> it's not based on knowledge, and it's a bet. Uh, there's a high risk factor, and so anyway, but. You know, I will tell you this, Ontario real estate is a good guess and a good bet. 
<laughs> I think you're right. The little compound, you know, yeah. expand your compound there. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I think we're up 40% since the start of COVID. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think we have to, we have to jump. Okay, Dan. Well, it's nice to be back in the saddle. And yes, I'll be right here. I'll talk to you then. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.